Chapter Fourteen of Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World by John Timms. Chapter Fourteen, Mount Athos by Doctor Hunt. On Easter Monday, after a stay of five days. We set out with mules provided for us by the convent to the town of Caris, in the centre of the peninsula where the Turkish Aga and the Council of Deputies from all the convents reside, for the disposal of public business. It was necessary to make this visit, in order that our imperial firman and our letter from the Greek patriarch might be examined, and that we might be informed how to make the tour of the convents with the greatest ease and security. The distance from Batopaidi to Caries is two hours and three quarters. About three miles from the former, we had a most striking view of the summit of Athos. The whole ride furnishes a succession of sublime alpine scenery. Instead of the usual salutations which are exchanged between travellers who meet on the road, the only one we now heard was the Easter congratulation, Christ is risen, to which the answer is, he is the true God. Caries is the only town in the peninsula situated nearly in the centre of it, on the side of a natural amphitheatre, clothed with the richest verdure, and cultivated in a manner to render it highly picturesque. The meadows are so luxuriant as to be cut thrice in a year, owing to the richness of the soil, the complete shelter they enjoy, and the judicious manner in which the water is distributed by irrigation. The vineyards and filbert gardens are also dressed with uncommon care. Excepting the houses where the Aga and the Council of Deputies reside, it contains only a few shops, which furnish the monasteries with cloth, sugar, tobacco, snuff, and cordials. Every Saturday a bazaar or market is held there, to which the hermits repair in order to sell what they have manufactured in their solitary huts. Knit stockings, pictures of saints, a few simple oils and essences distilled from plants, common knives and forks, on the horn handles of which they engrave with aquafortis a series of ancient Greek moral adages, compose their principal labors. The trade of making manuscripts is still practiced by them many devout pilgrims preferring a psalter or prayer-book written by a hermit on the holy mountain to the clearest printed copy. Women are prevented from coming to the town as well as from visiting any of the convents, nor is any Mussulman permitted to have a shop there. As the road we were now about to take towards Santa Laura and the hermitages would conduct us amongst crags and mountains, and to places where there are few mules to be procured, we left the greatest part of our baggage to be sent across the isthmus to the convent of Zeropotamo, there to await our arrival. The natural scenery here is particularly striking, and the summit of Mount Athos, once consecrated by the fame and altars of the Athoan Jove, rears itself with awful grandeur above the surrounding mountains. The manner in which the torrents breaking from the cliffs above St. Anne's are distributed by a thousand little wooden aqueducts, so as to water every spot of garden or vineyard, is worthy of being remarked. The woods and thickets in the neighborhood are extremely luxuriant, and the erectnir butus flourishes 
in such profusion as to supply the common fuel. The season was unfavorable for our visiting the summit of Athos, whence the monks assured us that all the islands of the Cyclades may be seen, and even Constantinople in clear weather. They reckon it a journey of five hours from the hermitage to the top of Mount Athos. When the learned Greeks fled from Constantinople in 1453, they took with them to Western Europe their most valuable manuscripts. Those which they left were probably secreted in the monasteries. The libraries in the islands of the Sea of Marmara and of Mount Athos, of the Patriarch of Constantinople and of St. Saba near Jerusalem, were carefully examined by Mr. Carlyle and myself. On taking leave of Father Gerasimus of Kiliantari, we congratulated him on the grace and tranquillity which his little religious commonwealth enjoyed in the midst of the wars and revolutions of Europe. But he replied that, on the contrary, they were in a state of perpetual conflict with three most powerful enemies, the devil, their own lusts, and the traveling lawyers, who embezzled the alms by which the convent should be supported. He accompanied us to the gate, and shaking us affectionately by the hand, said he hoped he had left such an impression of himself on our hearts, that we might be mutually glad to see each other if providence ever brought us again together, quoting a Turkish proverb, that mountain never approaches mountain, nor island island, but that man often unexpectedly meets fellow-men. We had an escort assigned to us of six well-armed Albanians. Our road conducted us through the most picturesque and magnificent scenery, but in some places so dangerous from the precipices which beetle over the sea that a false step of our mules might have been fatal. Six miles from Kiliantari we came to the ruins of a castle called Kalitsi, and two miles further we halted to breakfast under the shade of some oriental plains near a fountain and the bed of a river filled with scarlet oleanders and agnes castus. The spot is called Peppernitz. Here we saw once more cows and ewes with their young, a proof that we had passed the holy precincts. From Dr. Hunt's Papers, extract from memoirs relating to European and Asiatic Turkey, edited from manuscript journals by Robert Walpole. End of chapter 14